Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Katie Bella Show. I'm your host, Katrina Butlett, aka Kitty Bella. 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 Sunday, April 26, 2015. Welcome to the Kitty Bella Show. Please go to the webpage at blogtalkradio.com forward slash the Kitty Bella Show and check out our upcoming episodes as well as our podcasted interviews that are on demand 24 seconds. The beauty in podcasts is that you don't need to spend time viewing a program. You can listen to the Kitty Bella Show while doing laundry, going for a walk, working out, getting out of your head, or while trying to study for those final exams, or while driving with a hands-free device, of course. Please go to our Facebook page, The Kitty Bella Show, and like our page, please. Also, please follow me on Twitter at Tweetrina, that's T-W-E-E-T-T-R-I-N-A, the number four, L-Y-S-E. Also, please utilize social media during the show. If you like something you hear or you want to make a comment, please do so, utilizing the hashtag The Kitty Bella Show in your Facebook post, tweet, or Instagram. If social media is not your cup of tea, please join us via telephonic instruments at 347-237-4756. All we ask is that you're in a quiet place with the volume up. We will be taking callers tonight. This is a groundbreaking new show on Block Talk Radio. We will discuss all kinds of issues here from the mundane to the serious and go beyond the sensational issues and try to discuss the real issues that occur in trans folk lives. We will discuss all aspects of my guests. We are so much more than our genitalia. Many of us have persevered despite daily oppression. Our lives matter. Trans folk are everywhere. We have rights. Okay? Don't get it twisted. The fact is, I'm not supposed to be here online. A black trans woman producing and hosting a radio program online. So for me, just being in this space is an act of revolution. But how do we push that forward? How do we continuously elevate the conversation and steer it towards issues of importance or not? Tonight's show is a spur-of-the-moment show. It came to me like a vision this morning. Let's all take a collective deep breath in. Take it with me, guys. Take a collective deep breath in. And now hold it. Keep holding it. You feel that? You feel that suffocation? That is the feeling that many black and brown people feel across this country as we deal with a myriad of issues that affect us all, from the killing of Freddie Gray by Baltimore police to the killing of Rakia Boyd to the media frenzy of Bruce Jenner to the despicable treatment of Sister Ashley Diamond in a Georgia prison to Nicole Polanco being granted asylum. What a week it's been. These systemic and white supremacist-based issues connect us all. We are all pushing back against the same thing. Well, some of us. Mm-hmm. Call in tonight. I want to hear from you. Call in at 347-237-4756. Also, hit me up on Twitter. Please include the hashtag, The Kitty Bella Show, or you can hashtag Black Lives Matter or TWOCC. But before we get started with tonight's show, I just want to remind folks what is happening tomorrow. I'll be bringing the podcast to Rutgers for a live show. Wait, 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 wait. Y'all know what I need. Y'all know. Y'all know what I'm about to give. Right. Yes, tomorrow is the live show at Rutgers featuring opening act Lady Dane, as well as my featured sit-down guest, Jamie. 
the third. We'll be having a Twitter chat as well for those who can't make it but want to still partake in the Kitty Bella live event tomorrow. Also, I would like to shout out Goddess Ripley Bennett for creating such a beautiful book cover illustration for Goddess Lady Dane's new book, Brew, which you can now pre-order. Please go to LadyDaneSE.com. Shout out to my t sisters tonight, and shout out to all my trans sisters tonight. I see you. I love you. Just for clarification, the Kitty Bella Show has been on the hiatus for the last few weeks as I prepare for this live show. One thing I have learned to do better is make time for self-care. Unfortunately, I have been dealing with so many things at once. 2015 truly has been a test for me. From personal changes to professional ones, navigating family crisis, this has been a toll, and it's taking a toll on my body. Just a few days ago, I must disclose I literally thought my body was going to shut down. So I have carved out room for self-care, including having to log off social media. It can be unhealthy. However, my love of my team to dissect these issues and amplify voices drives me to keep creating content. I want to give a special shout-out to those who checked in on me the last few months while I struggled, including my T-Walk family. Shout-out to all of you. Shout-out to Casa de Ruby as well. But I also want to shout-out people like Aloop from Dark Matter, Jay Mace from Awkward, Terrell Starr, Zilamani, Kai, Yaya, Dr. Courtney Ziegler, Janisha, Patrice Colors, and thank you so much. I have in turn more mindful of checking in on others, as I know it's not all about me. Please, let's check in more frequently with each other. You never know what the other person is going through. With that said, I think we are ready for tonight's show. I have no particular format. I truly want you guys to drive the show tonight. Again, you can call in at 347-237-4756. Also, um, I'll be reading some headlines and giving you some of my thoughts, and then I'm going to open up the floor to you guys. That's it. So I just, I would be amiss not to start with the story from the trans community this week, Bruce Jenner. Uh, According to Wikipedia, because that's what I found, Bruce, born October 28th. Mm, Bruce is a Scorpio, y'all. Oh, my, Scorpio. Hmm, interesting. Former U.S. track and field athlete and current television personality, Jenner came to, this is from Wikipedia, international attention when they won the gold medal in the Catalan in the 76th Summer Olympics. With their 24-year marriage to Kris Jenner, they later appeared on the cable television reality series, Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Following their divorce in 2015, Jennifer identified in a television interview as a trans woman, albeit still preferring male pronouns. That's what they wrote, guys. Making them the most famous American at the time to do so. That's also in Wikipedia. Mm. I have some thoughts on that Wikipedia information. Well, first part of what I found comical on Twitter Friday night during the Bruce interview was a conversation around pronoun usage, which I refuse to take part in. My thoughts are, okay, Bruce said in the interview, it's okay to use the pronouns, so let's respect their wishes. However, as a trans woman, I'm sensitive to these things, and I just found it better to just say Bruce or use they pronouns. It takes the confusion out of this gender binary that folks, especially cis folks, get all up in arms about. Another thing is at the end of that Wikipedia profile, it said Bruce would now be the most famous American who is trans, which in essence, is a true statement, but when you peel back the layers, what is that really about? What is really being said? As many of you know in the trans community, we have had two amazing black women be propelled by mainstream media and mainstream LGBT or Janet Mack and Laverne Cox as our quote-unquote leaders, which they so eloquently and graciously have stepped into with grace and nuance. So now, all of a sudden, because Bruce shared their truth, with Diane Sawyer, the narrative is Bruce is the face of the trans community. Whether you like it or not, that is the narrative they are creating. I'm not here to hold people's hands and be politically correct. That is not and has never been my role in the movement. I'm here to ask serious questions. It says something just on the surface, visually, 
when you have two black women as the face of a movement, and now this rich, let me say it again, this rich, older white person who has a family that has strategically used the media to their monetary advantage, the Kardashians, swoops in and gets all this media coverage and attention and all these discussions now that will happen on trans issues. Congrats to Bruce on sharing their truth. I found the interview when Diane Sawyer wasn't being beat and borderline annoying. Wasn't she annoying? To show Bruce with compassion. Um, Bruce showed compassion, a little introspection, and at times they were funny to me. However, as a social commentator, I looked beyond that surface. The facts are the facts. Bruce got this attention because they are a celebrity. It speaks volumes about celebrity in our culture. Mass media is basically saying, if you're not a world-famous athlete, if you're not a media darling or entertainer, you're not worth covering. Your life is only worth worthy of digging deeper when it's attuned to dollars. That's me. Or not. What do I know? Join the combo now. Who's first? 347 we have a few callers on the phone. Thank you guys for calling in. I would love to take a call right now. Let's see who's on the line. The last four, I'm going to say your last four. Please make sure you're in a quiet space. No noise. Turn the TV down. Um, the last four is 0597. 0597. Hello. You're on the Kitty Bella Show. Oh, my goodness. What? You called me out first, Katrina. How are you? Right. That means it's meant to be. It's Coco Jones. Welcome. Wait, Coco, don't forget. Yes, God. How are you this evening, Coco? I am I am wonderful, but I'm even happier that you're doing better too. And I'm glad that you took some time out for self care, which is something that I'm trying to do myself. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, were there any thoughts on this Bruce Jenner interview? I know you had a few thoughts that you shared with me privately. Um, any thoughts you want to share publicly on the radio? Oh my goodness, there's so many. There's so many. I wasn't really prepared to, to talk at this moment. It's so but, um, The floor is open to you. Um, I mean, well, the first thing that sticks out to me uh, about this, about the, the interview, was. Um, even though I felt that Diane Sawyer was was a little bit prepared, she had been better prepared um, to to speak correctly. When you ask somebody, "What will you look like when you when you transition?" It's such it, it's what kind of question was that? First of all, you know that was like really stupid. I, I just felt like that was like why would she ask that? Anyway, um, I'm. Mm-hmm. Like this thing, but but really, what what's been getting me recently is, you know, this part about the pronouns and the part about privilege, which you just spoke about, and um, there's so many stories um, out there of of really really resilient and heroic uh, trans women um, that will. It feels like those stories and those narratives are going to be erased because, like you said, now, Miss um, Jenner, I, I know that they said the, the pronouns, but I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't, it, you know, she claims to be a woman. Right. And, you know, I'm not going to do it. You know, I mean, I know that that's what, that, that's what she said, but she really said for this interview, and that interview was, didn't take place yesterday, um, Thursday. Okay, but that interview took place a, a little while ago. But um, you know, she could for the interview to use those pronouns. For right now, for this interview, you can use the 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 he and him pronouns. Um, I I didn't really get that. I think that that was a little nuance that that people are are, are missing. Um, but at any rate, um, this part about the erasure of you know. Narrative of color, which has been the narrative um, of our people for for centuries now, you know the erasure 
of our narratives, and that really is, you know, what's kind of bothering me. You know, that we, like you said, we have we have faces out there. We have we have a growing movement uh, of trans people, and all of a sudden, you know, the media is dotted with the stories of of narratives that are, you know, significant. And, you know, and, and while I applaud, you know, the, the courage that it takes for someone to come out and to go through their own come out to transition, you know, in the public eye, um, MSNBC had, you know, two um, shows that Chris Hayes did on trans children, um, two um, children that were trans that are, are actually transitioning, one was five and one was eight. But they come from a family, I mean, if you look at their background, they come from families that are maybe maybe not rich, but, you know, very well off, that they don't, they don't really have to go through the things that trans women or trans people of color have to go through in their transition. And so that's all I have to say, really. That's enough. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you so much for that analysis. No, I think you, you slayed it. You brought up a lot of different um, feelings and thoughts, and so I appreciate that. Thank you so much, Coco, for calling in, sending you all the energy over there back home. Thank you, Coco. Oh, you're welcome, baby. Thank you. You're welcome, baby. I'm just trying to figure it out. Here we go. All right, we got our first caller in. Um, sorry for the technical. I know there's some technical difficulties. Hopefully you guys can hear me. Um, I am using my headset, so I am trying to be all podcast and professional, if you could see me. I'll take a picture one day. Anyway, um, continuing on about uh, Bruce Jenner, we're not finished, and I see some of you callers still on the line. We are going to get to you. I just want to also bring in this other element that was brought to my attention today. Cat Black, the hugely popular YouTube video blogger, self-proclaimed thrift store addict, gorgeous as hell goddess. She has some interesting thoughts on her Facebook page. After she posted the article I recently did, um, well, right after the Bridge interview, it dropped with Fusion and Kate Aaron. She uh, screenshot someone, I'm assuming a white person, uh, or a turf, but I'm assuming it might have been a white person, who had some choice words for our analysis in the Fusion article. I'm going to read it to you. Might be a little triggering, guys. So it's trigger warning, trigger warning. She posted the article, and above it, she commented, "No, ma'am. It's not about colored trans or white trans. It's a community. And I hate when stupid people say, well, what about the black girls? What about black this or that's it? It's not about just you. We all live in this world. Stop being so selfish and help everyone out, not just." quote, unquote, your people, if you're going to just be about a small section, then don't be a part of it. Clearly, you don't know what's going on. Stick together. Stay together. It's not black and white. It's a rainbow. It's not a race thing. Sorry, I get so heated during stupid race bullshit. We are humans, not black and white. Oh, my God. Black, in response on that post, said, so, quote, I'm not going to put this person on black, but I wanted to touch on this. When persons of color bring up their struggles, this is how it is received by white society. This is the perfect reason why colorblind ideology is so dangerous. Trans women of color account for 80% of all crimes committed against the LGBT community at large. But to some, colorblind white people bringing that up is selfish and divisive. My frustration with the colorblind ideology is that it ignores existing structures of oppression. Plenty of trans women of color are going to have it going with the hardship. Bruce Jenner will never face. Why? Because of their race. Colorblind ideology says that we're all the same, a rainbow. That ignores the fact that we simply are not the same. We all deserve to be treated rightly, but historically, as people of color, we aren't treated rightly. That's 
colorblind ideology seeks to comfort white supremacy. And that's clear even in, in the very notion. Why would a white person feel justified in telling a person of color that their lives are void from racism? How would they know? The need to describe our lives and dictate our lived experiences is a reflection of white entitlement and supremacy. And in the conversation about being colorblind, it reeks irony. Some white people want to live in a post-racial world without doing work. I'm sorry to say that deprogramming white supremacy takes work. And if all you have are fancy metaphors, you're you are being lazy. And people of color referred to all non white people. It's not synonymous to color people, which is a racial slur. And with that, I'll take the next caller. Thank you so much, Cat Black. Uh, who do we have here? We had Coco. The last four is 7324. 7324, you're on the Kitty Brothers show. Hello. Can you hear Hi, me? Hi, who's this? Yes, who's this? This is, this is Aaron Lang. Yes, Goddess Aaron Lang. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> First off, I just want to say hello, Goddess. How are you? Hi, Goddess. I'm well. How are you? I'm doing. I'm wonderful. Um, Let me get right into it. Um, Please. This conversation has been a conversation that has been absolutely missing, I think, the whole point of all of this. Um, And the fact is that Bruce Jenner has access center has visibility that a lot of people, trans people across color lines simply do not have. Um, and when you have as much access and as much visibility as someone like Bruce Jenner, it is your responsibility, especially in the moment that trans people are having in media and in the world, it is your responsibility to be honest and have some analysis and have something to offer in the conversation. For years, people have been focusing on our bodies and what it means to be trans and what it looks like. We're over that conversation. Laverne dodges all the questions about her body, surgeries, and things like that, because that is not the, that's not at the forefront of our movement right now. Um, honestly, that conversation was disappointing because it focused on the same thing, regardless of the points they touched on. And I mean, they literally just touched. They didn't go into depth about anything. Um, trans women are being murdered. People are being discriminated against, and even Bruce was bullied for damn near two years about their transition and being made a spectacle of, and that was not discussed at all. Um, It's just disappointing, and it's careless to have a conversation like that, to be in the media in that way and not discuss the issues at hand. And I understand what people are saying with Bruce just wants to be Bruce, but when you have as much visibility, you have a responsibility to talk about the issues at hand, the the issues at hand that are really affecting us today. So I haven't engaged about what's going on with Bruce Jenner because I don't care. There's other work that's being done. If Bruce isn't interested, is, isn't interested or doesn't have the analysis at the moment, I'm not here for it. it. It's just simply I don't care. Like, this is pointless. We have bigger fish to fry. Bruce, at the end of the day, is a white Republican. As they said on that interview, they believe in the Constitution. Um, I don't care. This is nonsense. Um Congratulations on Bruce for standing in their truth, but there's so much bigger fish to fry in this movement right now. We need to move on and not get sidetracked thinking about this. This is the same shit we've been talking about. I'm going to get titties. I'm going to get a pussy. I'm going to get surgery. I'm going to do all of these things. I can't really focus on people that are being killed right now. That is a stance of someone who has a whole bunch of privilege that a lot of us simply don't have. This conversation gets a whole bunch of oppressed people discussing someone who has more privilege than most of them combined. I'm not interested in discussing Bruce Jenner in this way. Um, When Bruce Jenner gets some analysis, when Bruce Jenner is interested in using their visibility to actually highlight the things that are happening to the most vulnerable in our community, that's when I'll be really interested in having this conversation. And so then this is sensationalism and this is 
bullshit. Like, period. Goddess. Goddess, what are your thoughts about the way people have been the way people have been reacting to all of it? I mean, I think that's been one of the also one of the interesting things that's come out of all of it is the reaction of people within the LGBT community. Uh, what are your thoughts about some of those reactions? Um, it's the same, it's the same thing as far as I'm concerned. People don't really identify, people's hearts don't really bleed until people in in privileged positions, people in power really have something to say about it. And that's how it always is. Um, Leela Alcorn, God rest her soul, that precious baby, she killed herself, which honestly, if we really want to be honest about it, killing yourself, like, that is a different narrative when people are being murdered. People are being murdered and being able to choose if you're going to take your life. Like, that is a part of the conversation that doesn't get spoken about. It's not until people, a white face, gets to say something about it, and that's when people actually are like, oh, wow, this is very important to me. I have a completely different idea about trans and trans people. There are trans people all over the place. I'm a trans person. Me speaking about my story doesn't make everybody's heart sweet because I'm also a black trans person. That is how I feel about these reactions. People don't care until it looks like somebody in privilege actually going through it. But somebody in a Bruce in their privileged position was treated like shit throughout this whole transition. This interview is not a win if you're not reading the media for filth. The same media that has been hounding Bruce, the same media that has been bullying Bruce, the same media that almost drove Bruce to killing themselves is the same media that now they're being praised by. I'm not being fooled by this, and I don't want anyone else to be fooled by this. Like, it's a distraction, period. And yes, Bruce is a nuanced, beautiful human being. I believe that, absolutely. But that doesn't negate the fact that they didn't have analysis. And at this point, if you don't have analysis, like you're making the choice to not contribute to this movement in a healthy way. You're actually making a choice. Whether we do something or we don't, that's a choice. And that needs to be taken into account when talking about this. I'm not in the business of giving people cookies simply for existing. We don't all get that. I exist every day. I'm in public right now having this conversation. Somebody could mollywop me for having this conversation in public. Like, I'm not giving cookies for this. I'm not about it. People yes, need to be interested in having real conversations about this. And if this this interview does not serve real conversation, this interview is like, wow, that was so nice. Like, Bruce got bullied into having a conversation about everything about their lives, like from childhood to now. From They completely objectified this person. This person was exploited, and they don't even realize because now they're being praised for their courage. I won't be fooled. Did you also pick up, like, I noticed there were parallels within, like, the narrative, like, of the erasure of black people from a movement. Like, can you just speak about that briefly? Like, I just, just the whole spectacle of it all, again, it, 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 it brings the mind that when things happen to a white person, it, 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 it's humanity. You know, it's human. Oh, my God, how can that happen? But when it's a black person, there's this justification of, justification of it, you know? Oh, you know, mm, you had to wait your time, or okay, well, maybe we got to go sort the facts. But yeah, when you know I'm, this whiteness is propped up. Can you just talk about that a little bit, and then I'm gonna let you go. I'm sorry. No, I'm like, oh no, 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 don't apologize. You're going off. I'm You're so happy off. to be here. Um, there's so much internalized racism that I think all of us need to take into account when we're having these situations. Being in this society, you are a product of it, whether you're doing the work or not. And you always have to check yourself when you're responding or feeling about these things. What we feel is through a white supremacist lens unless we're completely decolonized. And that is the work that we have to do every moment, every second we're on this planet. So we still identify with white faces in a way that 
we feel for them in a way that we may not even feel for our own sisters. We'll pick our sisters apart and rip them for shreds for things that a white woman may be able to get passes for and maybe even get some tears for. It's internalized racism. It's internalized oppression. Like, it's all the same like and to be honest, like the white trans movement is the movement that rather focused on us being born in the wrong bodies and us having to get surgeries and us having to get vaginas to be valid and all of these things. We've let them hold the torch. We've let them stand in front for so long. I'm not interested in letting them take this back. And I will use that language that people may critique me for for saying take it back because it's all it's everybody's community. But still, like they had the chance to bring analysis to this situation. For years, we've had Christine Jorgensen, we've had um, Tula, we've had all these people coming up and speaking, but they've been allowed to be objectified and exploited. We're done with that. We have Janet Mock, we have Laverne, we have Tiwak, we have Angelica, we have so many people who are doing the work, who are being honest and providing analysis and turning it at the same time. Like, I'm not interested in focusing on surgeries and I just want to finish my transition. Like, that shit is tired as Fuck, I'm so over it. We all just want to focus on our transitions at the end of the day. Like, that's no thing. Like, that's not news. I don't care about that shit. Like, what are you doing to stop the oppression of black trans bodies? Because until that is getting talked about on ABC with Diane Sawyer without just, like, five-second mentions, like, the work is not being done. And that interview, the work isn't being done. Visibility without analysis is nothing. It's exploitation, period. Oh, oh. Mm. I can't even throw any of the bombs. That was just like, oh, the bombs are done. Thank you, Goddess Amethyst. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thanks. I love you. Oh, my God. I love you, too, sis. Keep listening in. We're not done. All right, okay. Goddess. All right. Yes, y'all, that was the Goddess, our T-Walk ambassador, Aaron Lang. You can get brilliance like that when you pour and invest into the work go to www.twocc.us and pour into the youth did you hear that slayage pour into these youth Ooh, i sounded like joe pesci the two youth anywho who's next yes let's get it popping who's the next caller we're going to talk about um freddie gray and just a moment, but I'm going to get one more caller in. Who's next here? The last four is 3871. 3871. Hi, you're on the Kitty Bella Show. Hello. Hey, Katrina. It's Lorraine. Hi, Lorraine. How are you? I'm good. I just, you know, I had a lot to say, but of course, you know, Erin is like my soul sister, so she took all the words out of my mouth, to be honest. Right. <laughs> um, but, like, all, all I really want to say is that, like, you know, at the end of the day, um, we've been there, done that. You know, like, like let's think about, like, Laverne Cox presents the T-Word, just got an Emmy Award mm-hmm. for speaking narratives of, you know, trans youth. We've done that. We've, we've done the visibility thing. You've had Carmen. Mm-hmm. You've had Laverne. You've had Jen. We've, did, we've right. been there. So I think right. this is like a ploy, right, for the system to to focus on something other than the stuff that's actually really important, you know. We've been killed each and every single day. And, like, and instead of focusing on that and trying to mobilize and trying to do the work that's actually important to help, you know, save the lives of trans women and trans men of color, trans people of color in general, they want to focus on these white you know, narratives of being born in the wrong body, quote-unquote, and just all this stuff that we've heard before, that it's just like it's nothing new. And what really, you know, fascinates me is the fact that there's so many people all of a sudden that are so, quote-unquote, enlightened, right, that are so like, oh, yes, I'm all down for the trans after this group that I interview. It's just kind of, it's, it, it's, it's really fucked up. And I, I, I think it's a ploy, you know, for the system to change and focus everyone's attention away from what's really important, right, is our lives, our livelihood. Because right. like Aaron said, you know, visibility ain't going to do shit. It's not, it didn't. No. It's like in Laverne, she was speaking at the White House correspondence, you know, visibility did not save any of those kids that killed themselves, you know. It, it, it's not no. going to save any of us at the end of it, as much as we want to say that it will. 
We have to actually be doing the work. We have to actually be in the street, you know, in the community, doing the stuff that we're supposed to do. So I hear Erin when she says, you know, if if Bruce does not have the, you know, the politics, then that's not where we need to be focusing. But of course, that's where they want us to focus because they want to steer us away from what's really important. They want people to think that all trans movement is about visibility, and once we get that, we're all good, you know. And that's what they do with every movement of marginalized people. So I'm not surprised, but at the end of the day, I am, you know, I, I think it's very nice that we have this conversation so people can understand that while, you know, intersectionality is important, we can have a conversation where we say, you know, we're proud of Bruce for coming out and things of that nature, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, we can still have our critical analysis. We can still critique whiteness, white privilege. We can still critique classism and all of these things that, like, equally oppress our, you know, communities and things of that nature. So, yeah, that's all I have to say. Oh, my God. Like, I just, I didn't understand it. Like, there was just a swarm of people who were, like, posting on Facebook and Twitter. on like, I don't understand these people who are critiquing Bruce Jenner and they need to be quiet. All lives matter. And it was just, like, I felt like I was back to, like, this, that whole Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter. And it mm-hmm. was, like, Where's all this protection of whiteness? Like, oh my God! Mm-hmm. Did you yeah. like? It's not. I don't. I just go ahead. I was just saying, it's it's not a surprise. You know, it's it's all no, a ploy. It's, it's all the, and and it happens all the time when oppressed people finally own their power and speak up, and they're not just going to sit around meek. You know, then it's a problem. Then we're being reverse racist or some shit like that. Like it's. It's it's ridiculous, and um, you know, I, I I stand in solidarity with everyone that is able to see this as like you know a win for the trans community, but also it's like hey, you know, it, it's really not doing anything for us. It's really not going to save any of our lives. It's really not going to help us. And so we are doing the work by critiquing and getting that discourse out there so people can understand that we're not just this isn't it. We're not satisfied. Because if they think that we're satisfied by this, if they think that this is enough, then they're not going to do anything about it. So we have to continue to push and do the work. So I think that we're doing the right thing, and you know, we're we're getting somewhere. <laughs> Ashay, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, thank you. Is there anything you want to share that's going on? Before I let you go, is there anything you want to share that's going on with you and Nola? And, um, go ahead, girl. Now is the time. Uh, I mean, not Are really. Well, you want to you know, um, plug? You know, go ahead. Yeah, I, I just wanted to send love and support to Milan, Nicole, Sherry, and um, Breakout. We just they just organized um, the first trans march in New Orleans um, right. yesterday, right. and it was it was so like it was it was wonderful. It was amazing to see you know these activists actually doing some work down here because you know the South is Bible Belt. It's, it's real. So um, seeing the girls out here actually doing the work and coming together and mobilizing, I just, you know, it's really important. So if you all, you know, wanted to send some money and support to break out, um, youth break out, that would definitely be necessary because the kids here need it. Black trans lives are important. And in the South, we go unheard. And so um, having that support and solidarity is really great. So I just want to send my love to her and send my love to break out and just have, you know, support in any way. Um, it's youthbreakout.org. Yeah, youthbreakout.org. Thank you so much, Lorraine. Thanks. Sending you lots of love. Thank and you. Nova. Love You're welcome, you. Babe. Love you, too. Yes, that was the goddess Lorraine. Yes. So let's move on to the next topic of discussion. We also, if you want to call in and still talk about um, Jenner or, or uh, anything dealing with that, um, that's fine. We also had the protest in Baltimore for Freddie Gray. According to TheRoot.com, in an admission that came after a week of protests, demanding information about what happened during the arrest of Freddie Gray by police officers, the police chief on Friday said mistakes were made, including a failure to provide Gray with a timely medical report. Police Commissioner Anthony Batts made the observation Friday and rising pro- amid rising protests saying Gray was not belted in his seat in the rear van as he was driven to a police station. Further, Deputy Police Commissioner Kevin Davis said Gray should have received medical treatment at the scene of his arrest. The police van carrying Gray made three stops on the way. 
to the police station, the report says. And investigators are trying to learn more about Gray's condition at each stop. At the first stop, Gray was placed in leg irons. The driver stopped a second time to deal with Mr. Gray. The facts of that interaction are under investigation. According to CNN, the van reportedly stopped once more to pick up a second prisoner. Medical treatment was requested when the van arrived at the Western District Station, the report says. Still unclear is how Gray's spine was broken and how much time elapsed during his transport to the station and his receiving medical treatment. The identity of the second prisoner has not been revealed, and it is unclear what that person may have witnessed. Gray suffered a spinal injury on April 12th that led to his death, reports say. Six officers have been suspended with pay while police and federal authorities investigate. Baltimore Mayor Stephanie Rollins has pledged to get answers to the case, and she was actually just on at a press conference uh, lambasting pretty much the protesters for speaking out against being black bodies being taken away and killed in these streets, which was very interesting. It was the usual prop up of <laughs> the black community and, and religious figures behind her, and it was just like it was just it, it was just really like comical if it wasn't so sad. Um, folks turned it out last night, stomping on police guards, breaking shit. Folks are mad, but I'm kind of wondering tonight though. That's not the narrative I'm trying to push. Um, Where's the same outrage for the murders of our black women? When I say black women, that includes trans black women, too. Oh, yes. Let's start with Rakia Board. According to Essence.com, a Chicago police officer has been cleared of all charges in the March 2012 shooting death of 22-year-old Rakia Boyd. Boyd was fatally shot by off-duty police officer Dante Servin more than three years ago while she was standing near a park with a group of friends. Servant who lived nearby called police and complained that the group was drinking, fighting, smoking drugs. The officer said that he feared for his life, the usual narrative that we hear. That's my two cents. After seeing one of the individuals, Antonio Cross, allegedly pull out a firearm for his waistband. Uh, officer Servant, facing the opposite direction, blindly fired shots over his shoulder into the group, striking Boyd in the head and Cross in the hand. Cross sustained minor injuries, but Boyd died the following day at a hospital. Investigators never found the gun that belonged to Cross, only a cell phone that had fallen. Officer Servant was charged with involuntary manslaughter, reckless conduct, and reckless discharge of a firearm. Judge Dennis Porter claimed that although Servant fired the gun that killed Rakia Boyd, prosecutors failed to prove that he did so recklessly. The verdict sparked outrage within the courtroom and amongst Boyd's family members. So meanwhile, we are all showing up, this is me now, for our black men being killed. But who's showing up for our women? There have been rallies and protests for our murdered black sisters with very little fanfare. The sisters are tired of it. Um, who got something to say? Let's see who's on the line. Um, the last four is seven zero two two seven zero two two. Hello, Hi, Goddess Queen Sister. How show. are you? Hi, Goddess Hi, Queen Sister. This... How are you? Good. Is this Goddess Dane? How are you? It is. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, it's been it's been a very Beautiful day for me. It's been a very, very beautiful day. How are you doing? Said it was a beautiful day for you. Yeah, um, you know, I'm choreographing a piece. Actually, um, it's ironic that you're talking about Baltimore because I'm from Baltimore, um, and I'm choreographing a work that um, takes place in Baltimore. So, can you hear me, Goddess? Yes, honey. Um, tell us what okay. the name of the work is. So the work is called Dontrell Who Kissed the Sea, um, and it's all about um, this black boy named Dontrell from Baltimore. He's 18, and he actually has a dream about one of his ancestors who jumped over um, into the ocean during the, um, you know, the transatlantic slave trade. And so it's all about him going back to the ocean and um, going to retrieve his ancestor because his family has this gift 
that um, they're unable to really access because, you know, during slavery, it wasn't just that we were, like, slaved our bodies, but they also attempted to, like, erase our entire culture. They tried to erase our Mm. entire culture. They tried to to beat our wisdom out of us. They tried to beat our knowledge. They tried to beat our, um, our love of each other out of us. And so um, mm. I, talk, I, I talk about that interrelation inter- of, you know, what we're discussing um, partly for two things. Um, I just posted on my Facebook today, I said, you know, um, ignoring our dead is not the same thing as, as putting them to rest. Mm. And so for me, you know, when I think about justice, right, um, justice is supposed to come, you know, um, just as much for the dead as it is for the living. And what white supremacy tells us, right, is that their system of what justice should be is how we should navigate it. But we already know mm. that the justice system, quote-unquote justice system in America, is already tilted in the favor of those who are oppressors. Right. When we discuss, like, you know, the love of our black sisters, there's so much happening um, when we talk about this. Because um, this is also something I write about, right? I, I write about, you know, why are you not showing up for us? <laughs> why are you not showing up for us? Um, and I think several things are happening. What we really never really, really, really sit down and have a conversation about is the impact of slavery. We often talk about slavery um, in two ways. Within scholastic circles, right, within scholastic circles of when, you, when you're growing up and, you know, you learn about slavery, teachers often teach about slavery as if it's this thing that was trapped within time, right? It was something that happened, and then the Emancipation Proclamation happened, and the white savior came, and we were all free, and we were able to be doctors and lawyers. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, this, this, white savior, this white savior narrative that people get mad at me about not buying into, right? Attacking right. me on Facebook for not buying into that narrative. And right. so what we often don't discuss, right, is the generational impact of slavery. They took people. They took people from a whole other land. They enslaved their bodies. They raped them, the men and the women. They, 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 they beat their culture out of them. Uh, they beat their ancestral wisdom out of them. And then they gave them a white God, right? And they said, this white right. God will save you. Just keep praying to this white God and everything will be okay. And so mm-hmm. we have to really talk about what that impact is, what that psychological impact is over generations. Right. You know the the, right. the 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 culture the culture of silence, right? The culture of um, you know how do two people, literally, you know your husband or your wife, you know the the slave master comes into the field and he rapes your wife, and or he rapes or he rapes your husband because that also happens. And so, how do two people who then have to go into the field and continue to work deal with that? They don't talk about it, right? Mm-hmm. And I bring that up in regard to this because the way that it relates to the way in which so many um, social justice movements um, and people within communities deal with this lack of compassion, this lack of um, love, this lack of support for black women, is it, it, it's embedded in the fact that so many mothers um, – saw their sons ripped from them, ripped from them, ripped from them, and their daughters. And so the way that they dealt with it oftentimes with their daughters is that they attempted to try to keep their daughters as childlike as possible. So now we have a culture of body shaming, of um, body shaming our black women, right? And then on the reverse of that, um, they attempted to try to protect their sons as much as possible, and so now we have a culture oftentimes in which we value, right, we, have, we, 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 we value our black men to the point where sometimes, 
sometimes it is at the detriment of our black women. And all of those things come from places of collective trauma. It comes from places of so much trauma that even those who call themselves Afrocentric historians erase the role of women throughout history. Do you know what I'm saying? And so people are operating out of a place of trauma and not understanding that really, for me, the solution is it's healing, is that we actually come together. And it's not like how Ayala Van Sant did when, you know, she had the black woman say, oh, I'll, I'll forgive you. for You know, that's, that's very showy. That's very white supremacist act. It's very performative. Mm. But we, we actually come together and we actually talk about the impact of slavery. And we also divest ourselves daily of mm. the white supremacist narrative. We are, mm. we are a culture. Indigenous people, people of color, culturally, it is ingrained in us, especially if you're black to be collective, right, to have cooperative economics, to um, be a collective community. Um, what white supremacy says is that you have to have one leader, and that leader has to be a man. Because what white supremacy does is that white supremacy wants us to put all of our investment, right, into one person so that when they kill that person, we run around like a bunch of chickens with our heads cut off. No. Speak that truth. Do you understand what I'm saying when I say that? And so what we have discovered within the trans community, what we have discovered as black trans women, we have discovered as trans women of color is that we all are leaders. We all are leaders. And when everybody's a leader. Right. Absolutely. and, and And asking the question what that looks like. What I would love for us to do is really, really, really get back to really, really get back to a place of honoring, honoring the black woman, really getting back to a place of um, honoring the sacred feminine because, you know, the oppressive will not save you. Buying into, the, you know, white supremacy's idea of misogyny is not going to save you. Um, you know, the power of the man does not come um, by suppressing the power of the woman. It just doesn't. Um, I think that we've tried that, and this is what we have. So that's kind of my analysis. It's very short. It's shortened. <laughs> it's shortened, but that's oh, kind of no. my feeling around you that. It. No, you brought it, and I just so many feels from that. Like just even off your last words, in terms of just elevating um, the black woman, I just like I really like. How do we get to that point? Like I think that. Most black women, the majority of us, really uh, want that. But how do we get our how do we get our black brothers? How do we get um, our trans brothers? You know, how do we get all our brothers to like really understand that? Um, I think for me, it starts with us first understanding it within ourselves, right? Oh, so like, <laughs> oh, there's a shift because. Well, because this is the thing. (laughs) This is what I want to say. I think that (laughs) because, you know, I think that so many of us, right, like Erin mentioned earlier, I came on late to the call, but Erin said something that was very poignant. And she said that we all, you know, we were all forced (laughs) and were raised within the context of white supremacy, right? So we have to divest ourselves of that daily, And oftentimes for me personally, that I can only speak to myself, is that I have to make a conscious decision to um, honor myself and to realize when I'm honoring myself that um, I am honoring my sister, when I'm honoring myself, that there are certain things that I cannot tolerate. And so um, even, you know, even even my engagement, right, and what I'm going to wear today has to be about me, um, me adorning my own truth, right, and me adorning myself and loving myself and enjoying myself and not for the performative nature of someone else. Right. And so, you know, what white supremacy says, right, is that it says that a woman can only exist, right, um, 
in, in particular ways. And one of those ways is that her existence has to be dependent on um, the validation of a man. And then those mm. things are then those things are then institutionalized and they're taught. For me, I can only speak of my own experience. I said to my mother one time, I said, that, you know, my brother and I don't get along. My brother and I don't get along because, you know, my mother raised him to be selfish. And she raised me, her daughter, to be very giving. And I said to her, I said, you know what, Mom? We were having a conversation. I said, you will not make me feel bad for knowing what love is and expecting it from those people who I say I love and who say they love me. Um, like, and I think that so many, you know, so many people are shamed for um especially black women, so many black women are shamed right. for simply loving themselves and loving their sisters. And so for me, I'm like, if you're not about that, if you're not about, if you're not about the black woman, if you're not about the, the black sacred feminine, then we really, we really don't have anything to talk about. Because what I will say is this, is that love is, is reflective. When you love you, you reflect it out. When a person loves you, it's reflected back to them. When they love themselves, it's reflected out. And you and you can learn. When you begin to heal and you begin to not operate from a place of trauma, you can mm-hmm. see the difference between a decision made from a place of trauma and a, and a decision made from a place of self-love. And they look differently and they show up differently. That's my feeling about that. <laughs> oh, um... Uh, where's my, what the hell? You know, you know what I was trying to do, right? Well, they, my radio, y'all screwed me up. I can't get to my bombs. Uh-uh, they cut it off. Let me see. Wait a minute. Oh, 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 there we go. There we go. Ooh, that was a shaky bomb. <laughs> I love you, sis. I love you, too, I love you. <laughs> I can't wait to see you tomorrow. I know. Oh, We're going to turn it. Oh, my God. We are going to turn it. Love you, sis. Love you, sis. Yes, that is the goddess lady, babe. Please pour into that brilliance. www.ladydanefe.com. We have another caller on the line. Let's see. The last four is 5237. 5237. Hi, you're on the Kitty Bella Show. Okay. Hi, who's this? Hey, this is Candy Cornball from Twitter. Hi, Candy Cornball. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Did you have some thoughts to share about any of the topics tonight? Or any Um, topic you want to talk about? Well, I just felt like, first off, like, when I called in, it was really, it was precious to me because I feel like I'm listening to, like, my girlfriends. Like, there's something about, Mm. like, you know, like, most web shows, like, you go on to this link and you you watch it online or whatever, but there's something Mm -hmm. about the mechanics of calling in and, like, you know, like, just, it, like, I feel like I'm listening to my girlfriends and, like, today was a really rough day. And I really appreciate just, you know, the love that I'm listening to from you all. So keep it up. Absolutely. Thank you. Oh, wow. I love affirmations. Thank you for that so much. Was that it? (laughs) Yeah, that's it. I'm just, like, really basking in the love that you all have. Yes, I accept it. No, that can be it. Thank you so much. Um, please continue to back in the glow. Um, please support T-Walk. If you're following me on Twitter, please follow T-Walk. Please follow Dane, follow Erin, follow Ray, follow all the wonderful ladies of T-Walk. Um, and just follow, you know, any other transistors who you, who you connect and bond with. And thank you so much for calling in. Amen. Thank you. Yes, Ashe, Ashe. So I think that is going to be it. Um, I was going to go into some more other stuff, but the way my um, self-care needs are set up, 
a goddess needs to rest. Yeah, sorry, God. So we're going to call it an end to the Kitty Bella show, but I will be live tomorrow at Rutgers. Please um, check out my Twitter handle at Katrina, the number four L-Y-S-B, for all the details with the Twitter chat. Also, please go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash the Kitty Bella show and check out the upcoming episodes coming in May. we got some great episodes. Black Lives Matter, co-founders, all three, Patrice. Opal, Alicia are going to be on for an amazing show talking everything Black Lives Matter. Okay? My mom will be on this month, allegedly. I will see. I'm still pulling her on, but I created the show, so she has to be on. Um, I created the show page. She is going to be on discussing trans motherhood. Trans motherhood. There's no such thing. She's going to be discussing her life as a mother who had a trans child, me. And so uh, what does that look like when you're a black mom in this world? And we're going to talk about it. And so what better person to talk about it with my own mom? It's going to be an interesting conversation. There may be some triggers. There may be some things that, you know, um, that may hurt. But it's going to be an honest conversation. It's going to be a conversation from love. And so stay tuned for that as well. And we have several other shows that I'm working on in the work producing. Also, stay tuned uh, for Awkward as we continue to grow. Follow Awkward. Go to awkwardtalent.com, A-W-Q-W-A-R-D, talent.com. Book yourself some awkward talent. Get some queer person, trans-colored person in your life to slay. We do speaking engagements. We do singing, freaking instrument, you know, percussionists. We got guitars and just all kinds of comedians and all kinds of just great people at Awkward. But I'm going to end the show tonight. Do some self-care, guys. There's a lot of, there's a lot of force, a lot of energy out there right now. And we need, we all need to look out for each other. So for tonight, I'm going to end the show with one of my favorite songs by Jenna Jackson. Um, if I could get it to pull up, this stupid thing. I don't know if it's going to work. Um, oh, I don't know if I can get the song to play, guys. It's stupid studio. It's being retarded. Let me see. Bear with me. I think I might have it now. No, it's not working. Oh, well, I was going to play. I guess I'll play. Let's play Coco's song. Good night, guys. Go check out Coco Jones' uh, album on iTunes, Who's That Lady? And here is her song off of that EP called Why.
Why can't you see the beauty? 